Uh, I'm Tony Sprademan, and uh, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I've been living in Florida for about the past 10 years. And I'm a professional foosball player. A professional foosball player. So that's actually, that might be the first time I've heard you say your name. So now I know how to say it correctly. Yeah. It's not Spreedeman. It's not Spreademan, right? It's Spreademan. Spreademan. Spreademan, yeah. How often do people mess that up? Pretty much always. Does it bother you? No, I don't care. It doesn't really matter. No. So it's the same with me. Like my last name is Toomey. People say Tummy. Tummy. Toomey. You've earned that. I mean, that day. <laughs> I earned my tummy. I mean, the tum at least I actually finally have a tummy, yeah, you know, like yeah. I, I'm, I, I probably could get now, rid of it. Now it fits, right? It fits. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but less about my overweight and more about you. So, <laughs> uh, we're at worlds 2021. You just played a match open singles for, uh, was that the semi winner's bracket? Semi that was to get to the winner's bracket. So I guess it would be, uh, quarterfinals, right? Semi quarters, then semis and then finals that have been the, 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 winner's bracket semi-final correct and then the next one is the final winner's bracket final winner's bracket final being okay next. yeah yeah you play mason graham who uh out of kentucky i believe and he's a good player i've played against him you know people who play know who he is and that he's a solid pro but it's not someone you expect to see that deep in this tournament right yeah absolutely it's uh he's a really good player and i've i've known him for years and years uh i watched him actually come up through the ranks i know he played even on the warrior tour years ago when mary was doing the warrior thing and he would play with eric hiltner which is my best, buddy. my best yeah. friend and my roommate for six years and they played uh beginner doubles together <laughs> so I've, I've watched him play for a long long time yeah. um i've actually worked with him on my foosby series uh uh per, like lessons and stuff like that so hopefully all right I don't know, maybe it makes me feel good like I, you know some of his resonating with them or yeah i'll take credit <laughs> so i didn't know i actually did not know that because i was talking to terry last night and uh i believe mason uh three straight and todd he beat terry i don't know if he i don't know if that's true or not so maybe you know i, I don't know no i don't know how, how many games it went but he definitely beat todd he beat terry rue and kevin romero all that, in the winner's bracket which you know it's a little surprising but and, and Mason's been playing well mm -hmm. for the past past few years. Yeah. And you know, like he's always right on the brink and he and the thing is about him is he he plays his own game right. no matter what. He's going to play slow, methodical, he's going to work his his passes. But here's the thing is nobody really knows him. Right. Nobody really, I mean, he flies under the radar and he's mm -hmm. a solid player and he put a string of wins together. Um, you know, and that's what Worlds is about. Yeah. It, it's really interesting. To me, because I've gone through this in years past, uh, of people when they get to the worlds, because there's always upsets, mm -hmm. and when they get to the worlds, I don't know if there's like this this stigma around it, like, oh, it's worlds, I have to try extra hard or yeah. whatever, and, and people end up not playing their game, and they 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 tr they over try or they you know whatever they they put too much emphasis on the fact that it, it's the world championships instead of just playing the way that they play, and I, and I think Mason. You know, if you know him, if, if, if you, you know, know him as a person, yeah. he's just really quiet, chill like out, stoic, and yep. he just kind of just does his own thing. And, and, and I think that that helped that helped him just stay steady all the way through. No emotion whatsoever. Right. Like, you know, he's beating top players. You know, you have and he's a pro, but you have some some, you know, lower rated pros or, or mid level pros who are, who are winning these matches. They're they're going to be amped they're gonna be like yeah, yeah. they're gonna be screaming he, he didn't he, didn't he, do he, any he of that. wouldn't say a word he, he looks like he's been there before you yeah. know and 
And a credit to him. I mean, he played he played great. He's been playing great for a while now. So I, I think it's awesome. So one more thing about that, because uh, we won't do 30 minutes on Mason. Uh, we probably could, you yeah. know, especially since he's a foosby series you know, a uh, pupil. So it's actually, it's a good, it's a good plug for, for what you're doing with yeah. lessons. And, no, stuff. I, and but I, she just came off of playing him though. You, we, li- yeah. we literally went straight from your um, winner's bracket semifinal with him straight in. Correct. Here. Correct. So yeah. What coming into that match, knowing everything that you just said to me, how does that affect your game plan? If you don't mind sharing with us, how does that influence what you plan to do against him as an opponent rather than, cause you know him as a, as a student. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're playing him as an, as an opponent, opponent, how does that affect your game? Plan? I, I zero. Okay. I put, I put zero emphasis on the fact that I talked to him about, you know, what we talked about. And so basically, you know, I talk, Depending on the person, but I talk about a strategy and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he implemented a couple of a couple little things, but he, he had tr- trouble scoring the ball against me. And, and with me, it's I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Kind, kind of the same same theory. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to change for anybody until they make me change. Right. So I'm just going to play my game and, and go in there and do what I do. So it's and I definitely wasn't going to change for him. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but it's interesting leading up to it, I didn't like the bracket that I had because there was a lot of upsets. Yeah. I didn't like the bracket that I had just for the simple fact that like I go in thinking I'm going to play someone like, you know, Rob Mars. Right. You know, and Rob ended up losing to Daniel Awaris. Mm-hmm. So my bracket was Jason Lurie, <laughs> Jason yeah. Lurie, Joe Rhodes, Daniel Awaris and Mason and Graham Mason. to get. It, it's been odd because. Uh, Does it make you uncomfortable yes. coming through the bracket that way? Yes, because you know what? I like to be tested and I like to get I like those tough matches mm-hmm. because it makes me play better. And now I'm kind of just... You're going into a match with the winner of... Uh, so Paul Smith and, and Tracy McMillan are playing right now. The winner of that plays Ryan. Correct. The winner of that plays you. So you're going to play one of those guys right. after playing other than Joe, other than mostly playing like Submaster. Right. N- and no disrespect to those no, players because they're good. No, it is what it is. Though. But you're going into that winner's bracket final kind of cold turkey-ish. Not not totally cold turkey-ish, but like you haven't really been tested this weekend. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, I have. Like Joe Rhodes played me great. Okay. But it's a different, like, I don't, I don't think of it as cold turkey for the simple fact that is I've played Tracy a million times. I've played yeah. Paul Smith a million times. I've played Ryan so 10 million times. So it's familiar, right? Yeah. So I, I, I'm comfortable going into it where it's like, okay, I, I've seen Mason play. I've played him a, a dozen times. Yeah. But... Again, he kind of flies under the radar, and he's adding new wrinkles, and his game is still developing, and um, he's just not someone that I would study on video yeah. <laughs> per se. You know, over the uh, you know leading up to the worlds, like my 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 eye wasn't on Daniel Awaris and Mason. Yeah. You know, so they so but at the same time, it makes him dangerous. So I asked Soli a question at, at the Bardo that I've like I said, I probably know what you're going to say, but I'm st- I still want to ask just to know what you have to say about it. Uh, and the question to her was, you know, she's she grew up playing foosball. She she's worked her way through the ranks, and she's got her. Uh, she, at that point, she hadn't had her singles championship yet. Spoiler alert: she won women's singles here. <laughs> if anybody who doesn't know that by the time that you know this comes out, and I asked her like, how how do you like for her? She hit the women's doubles um, championship at like what fourteen or fifteen or sixteen or it's like something really young. Right. And I asked her like, how do you keep the love for foosball and the drive for competition and for her at 18 you know it's it's like that a lot of people can start having interest in other things in life right and you're 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 double that age i mean you're in your mid-30s right so you're even farther down the road and when i watch you play 
like you still, you clearly care about winning and losing is a problem for you. Like it's, it's, you want to win every single match, no matter who it is, every single game, every single ball, as far as I can see, what keeps not, not so much like what keeps you motivated, but like, where, where does that, where does that fire come from for foosball that it's still that big of a deal to you? And I think a lot of people can say, well, that's what you do for a living. So you have to win. I don't think it's that simple. No. And I'd like to hear you explain like exactly where that, what, what, what causes that? Well, I'm a competitive person by nature. Just ever since I was a kid, you know, I grew up playing sports. I, I played hockey for mm-hmm. 10 years. I played baseball. Um, and then obviously foosball took over. Um, but it's always, no, no matter what, I don't care if it's like a game of Pictionary. Yeah. You know, like I, my, my mindset is if you're going to, if you're going to do something, do it right. If you're going to play something, play to win. Yeah. You know, like otherwise, what's the point? Why, right. why are we here? Like I can't see, you know, you, you, we come here and we spend, I mean, cost me you know thousands of dollars right. thousands of dollars to show up it's like well, why the hell wouldn't i try my hardest yeah you know like why would i do anything else so i don't know it's just it's more logic to me it's like i'm you know and and, and i've gone through a couple phases when i was younger i've gone through phases where it's like oh you know i'm i'm, I'm better than this guy and i could kind of like take a ball off and sometimes it'll come back and bite you in the ass yeah and i and i get so mad at myself i i, I it's I would, all on you you're the one right who made that and happen. it's like well what are you doing like and I, and I always say it like in the, the, the top, the upper echelon of all the top players, you got Ryan and, you know, Todd and, you know, all these guys, you know, Billy, you know, when Billy was playing all the time, there's, they're so, so, so talented. Mm-hmm. They're unbelievable. I, I can't do like half the shit they can do on, on a foosball table, Yeah, but I try harder. I try my ass off and I feel like I've got more heart and I want it. And that doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just effort. Yeah. Everybody can, can work hard if, you know, if they, if they try and, and I win matches because I try harder. Yeah. You know, I'm not lazy. I'm not drinking all night or I'm not playing poker all night or I'm not, I and go, you're not anti beer or no, I, I'll party afterwards, yeah, but, exactly. but I'm here to do a job and I'm, I came to the worlds to win. And if I, you know, yeah. even if I don't win, at least I can go home saying, Hey, you put forth the proper effort and, yeah. and I'm okay with that. I can live with that. You touched on something that, and as you can see, I have no notes. Like there's nothing but two yeah. mics between us. And yeah. that's, I just, this is my preferred method of talking to people. Yeah, I, it's I more, enjoy it's more this natural, more. right? Yeah, I, I, th- I agree. And it's, it's also easier for me because I can just talk to you without worrying about where am I in my list of questions. Right. But there was literally one question that I wanted to ask that you just touched on. And, and that question is, people say that, you know, Tony Spraderman is the most, you know, amazing foosball player in the world, the best, this, that, and the other. And they go on and on about how, how amazingly talented and skilled and naturally able you are to do things. And my question to you is, do you feel that that is accurate to, to describe you that way, that you're the most talented player in the world? No, absolutely not. Like I can't even shoot a pull shot. <laughs> I could shoot it with my left hand. My left hand's, I think my left hand is probably the most talented. Yeah. I don't know why my left hand is, is I could do everything with it. Um, but as a player, no, 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 absolutely not. There's, there's the thing that I think sets me apart is I'm tactical Mm -hmm. and I, I'm an opportunist and I'm aware, I'm, I'm very aware of everything that's going on, um, everywhere on the table, but it's second nature to me because I've been doing it my whole life. So it's not like, you know, there's so many people that, you know, they'll take notes. Oh, I'm over here. I'm, I'm going to watch, you know, I'm going to watch this match. I'm going to analyze this. I'm going to, you know, 
And, and to me, people can overanalyze the game. It's become second nature to me just for the simple fact I've been doing it forever and I don't have to think about it. And the th- things, so things come naturally to me now, but yeah. they, they didn't because I had to put in a lot, of, a lot of table time when I was younger and I practiced my ass off. So, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I put in a lot of time on the table by myself, ball, ball control, yeah, ball control, ball control. And, you know, my game's developed over the, over, I mean, shit, this has been 25 years, yeah. 25 years I've been playing and I'm not, you know, I don't feel like an old guy. I don't feel yeah. like an old guy here. You don't look like an old guy on the <laughs> no. table, especially. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'll be 37 uh, next week. Happy early birthday. Thank you. And, uh, you know, you, you look back, you look back on the days where it was, remember like 35 and over was the old guy. Yeah, event. Dinosaur like doubles. I'm, a, I'm yeah. a dinosaur. You're you know? old. I played 35, se- standards. I played 35, 17, 35 and over 17 and under as a, as a kid, as a 17 and under kid. Who'd so, you play with? I played uh, with Garrett Schirkenbach. Oh yeah. He's yeah. here this weekend, by the way. I didn't even see him yet. Yeah, he's here. Yeah, I saw yeah. him walk through the, through the lobby there. Fun fact. This is, uh, my 20, it's been 20 years. Uh, my, my, no, my very first worlds was 2001. When I was a rookie, yeah. How'd you do there, by the way? I uh, know the answer. Yeah, to that, you know, yeah, I did, I did good. I did good. As a, you won rookie singles. Yeah, rookie singles, rookie doubles, yeah. uh, semi-pro singles, semi-pro doubles, and then seventeen and under, and a uh, table uh, semi-pro doubles table playoff. So I won a table, which was an extra event back then. And you were uh, 16. sixteen at that yeah. point. Yeah. And then uh, just a, a bit of inspiration for any youngsters here in this. What were you doing twelve months after that? At the same tournament, uh, I was in the finals of open singles uh, one year later against Federico. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a banana. I yeah. don't. I hope Tom doesn't mind me saying this, but that's fucking bananas. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was. But again, that that as a testament to how much table time because you don't just go from a rookie and to the final. So I I worked my ass off. And anybody who wants to get good at anything, I don't care if it's guitar, I don't care if it's you know tiddlywinks, whatever. You have to. Put in the time. You have to put in the time, but you also have to be obsessive. Mm-hmm. You have to obsess over it and make it a priority in your life, at least at some point. Okay. So anybody, anybody who's the best at something is obsessive over it. And, you know, I know Todd was the same way when he was young. Yeah. Um, and everybody, everybody, even, you know, Ryan, everybody, anybody who's that good at something has, yeah. has made it a priority, priority in their life. So, so, so stepping uh, aside from foosball for a moment what other things in life because i know we we could i could talk foosball with you all day i mean you have so many like nuggets of for everybody from the top all the way down to beginning players you're just good at that yeah and so as much as i'd want to sit here and pick your brain about foosball i also want to know like away from the table what does tony spredeman obsess about what else is there in tony's life um well there's a few things um i love i love outdoors so i'm i'm outside with my dog a lot hiking and stuff like that but recently i've really and i've always been into music as far as listening to it and Mm -hmm. i've been going to a lot a lot of shows lately country Uh, western let me guess uh, (laughs) it depends i I had some hank jr on i just bought a hank jr vinyl so as long as it's like the rebel country yeah you know but not the new stuff tell me it was hey good looking what you got cooking (laughs) no i've got uh no i've been going to a lot of shows lately um and I've also been playing guitar and I just picked up a bass as well. So nice. I'd love to, my goal 
at some point is to perhaps like maybe, maybe have a band, but I've been doing like, I go to the open jams every, uh, every week yeah. and I have some really amazing as a bass player or as a guitar player, as a spectator, but oh, okay. cause I don't have the guts to get up there yet. Oh, I could, hilarious. but I, but you know, it, it's super clicky. Yeah. Of course. Just like foosball. Like, it's you know, exactly like foosball. Yeah, I just, grew up as a musician. So yeah, I, yeah. And I know you get it. Yeah. yeah so, so the, the whole like local music scene is super clicky. Mm-hmm. And if you go to an open jam, it's like, who are you? Right. Exactly. Yeah. What and is this? What is this amp you're playing? Like people will judge you based right. on the kind of gear. That That's you not have. a Fender. It's a Squire. You yeah, know, this guy sucks. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm getting angry all over again. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I had good gear. Like right. I was fortunate. Yeah. But I hate that. No. It's, it's so exclusive. And the idea should be in whether it's music or foosball or anything that we care about. Inclusivity is is a value worth having. Right. Well, and, and here's the thing is they none of the none of them actually know apart from like one or two guys know that i even play an instrument so i just yeah. go and watch because again like my i'm tactical yeah, yeah, <laughs> so i'm course. sitting there and i'm watching these guys watching the songs that they're playing trying to learn something um and i'll go home and i'll, I'll practice a little bit and um one of these days i'm just gonna try and surprise the hell out of everybody and hell go up yeah, there and jam dude. or whatever but uh, i'm not quite there yet are but, you are is it like a is it like of, uh, like how many people are at these jam sessions where there's how many people playing versus how many people watching it? Like, what's, uh, what's it look like? It days? varies day to day or, you know, week to week. But I mean, sometimes you'll get, you know, 10 or 15 musicians up there and they're all trading in and out. And I'm telling you, like I'm a, I'm a huge, huge music fan and mm-hmm. the talent in, and I've got maybe 10,000 people in my town. Mm-hmm. The talent at these local jams is unreal. Yeah. Like, it, it blows my mind that these guys aren't doing other, anything other than like open jams because yeah. they're amazing, amazing, amazing musicians. And they could just, you know, get together. They're not even, you know, play together, you know, kind of on the fly. Yeah. And it's it's unreal. You know, and I'm, I'll, I don't think I'll ever be as good as, you know, a few of these guys ever. But if I can hold down a rhythm on a bass or something like that yeah. and get up there and jam, it'd be, I think it'd be fun. But the cool part about it for me is it's... uh it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like a fear almost. And you know, like in the foosball tournaments, I'm so comfortable and I'm just like yeah. within, I'm within my comfort zone and, and you could become complacent that way. So learning, you know, learning something, especially like at an older age, you know, cause I'm not a kid, there's going to be this, uh, not fear, but like a little anxiety of yeah. doing something that you're, you're not good at because right. I'm not, I'm not good by any means. Which is good for you, by the way. It's, that's like a, it's a healthy thing to experience. Right, right. It's to step outside of your comfort zone is definitely, uh, it, it's uncharted territory because yeah. I'm very, I'm, I'm very comfortable just in, you know, in life, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, that's cool. So, so, it's, so it's fun. What percentage of those guys, um, you know, know who you are as in terms of foosball or anything else like that? So here's the funny part is uh, I was at an, I was at an open jam at one of our local, uh, like bars and n- none of them I, I don't talk to anybody about foosball yeah. at all like a, they know me as like tony m- yeah like the metalhead dude yeah. you know walk in with like a you know metal Schechter. shirt on what kind of guitar do you have by the way um i had a Schecter. i yeah, yeah you knew that i had a yeah. uh, Schecter, and i just and i've got just a strat copy like a squire okay, Sa- right. same thing so yeah. i've got shitty gears yeah. <laughs> but um but anyway well, I'd, I'd go i went to the local bar right and this was about a week ago and on ESPN, foosballers played. Oh no! And way, it was dude. on in the bar, and people were while tripping. You were there? I, yeah, while oh, I was there, it was at like ten o'clock at night or eleven o'clock, and I'm like, so I, I did. I, I uh, 
flipped it over to ESPN and I, they, uh, saw, they saw it. They right? saw it. I go, who the fuck's it? Oh, I'm sorry, Jim. No, you're- <laughs> I go, who's that? I go, who's that dude on ESPN? And everyone tripped out because no one had I no idea. Cause yeah. I, I don't like to do that. Like I don't like to. Oh, you know, I'm a, of course. You know, it's lame. Yeah. <laughs> to, to you know, self promote or whatever. But uh, do yeah. you know who I am? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I can hit a ball into a goal really good with little <laughs> tiny plastic men. Like I'm such a badass. No, I don't. <laughs> you know. Um, but a couple of the guys were tripping out. And yeah. Like what the hell? Like I had no no one had an idea. So that's kind of cool though. Yeah. Well, I, well, that's the thing is, you get. And especially at a tournament too, uh, you I get treated differently because I'm good at something, mm-hmm. right? And I don't like that. Like I I like to watch. I, I like to. I don't know. I like to fly, fly under the radar. Foosball is an interesting thing, or, or just or being being good it, from the social standpoint. Yeah. Because like I like to sit back and watch, and I like to see how does the average person treat the other. You know, the other player, yeah. you know, because there's guys who are really good and they'll abuse lower ranked players and, yeah. you know, talk shit to them or do do whatever. And I can't stand that. And when you say abuse, you don't just mean beat them bad in a game. You mean treat them bad as a person. Yeah, I'll be, the beat them badly and like belittle them, yeah. you know, on the table because they're good. It's like, dude, you're not that cool. You're, you're a foosball player. Like, you, you know, big, big deal. You can, yeah. you know, you're, you're beating up on a beginner. Yeah. You know, these dudes are trying to have fun, but they have, there's an, e, there's ego in in anything you know competitive yeah so um so that's an interesting part for me is to kind of just sit back and and just watch the whole the social aspect of it are you the kind of player in that scenario like let's say it's 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 me you know a pro and i and i beat a rookie and i put him down and and you see that are you the kind of player who remembers that a year and a half later absolutely when i play you and you're going to take it out on me yes. what I did to that guy. Yeah, ex- absolutely. Have you like, done that? I like to bully the bully. Yeah. Yeah, and pr- like protect the little guy, you know? Like that's uh yeah. Oh, I do that definitely. 100%. Without naming names, are does any do any or if you want to name names, I don't care. <laughs> are there any circumstances or scenarios or, or specific situations where that's happened in recent years where people you where you you're you, you take out basically give somebody a piece of their own uh a bit of their own medicine? Yeah, uh, not so much anymore. I I've mellowed out a lot. Like I used to. I mean, you are getting old. I am. I am. I just. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know, I used to be super fiery. Like if you watch videos from, let's say, 10 years ago, yeah. 10, 15 years ago, like I was. One comes to mind, the, the recoil video. Yeah, that was. Well, you know, that's the thing. That got a little blown out of proportion, but right. it, it was deserved. Right. <laughs> it was and, deserved because you know what? Ryan, Ryan's mellowed out a lot, too. Yeah. And what, but for those who don't know, by the way, just to interject real quickly, you and Brandon Moreland were playing against Ryan Moore and Justin Shaw. Correct. In doubles. I don't remember the tournament, but Texas State. Texas State. Uh, Ryan scored a goal on uh, Brandon, and he recoiled. But it was it was it was not the kind of recoil where it was part of his natural shot. It was him being you know kind of a jerk about it. And you know y'all were a lot younger then. And and Ryan is my buddy, and I'm not talking. He he. I would not have a problem explaining it this way in front of him. But he did more than was necessary. You get the ball the very next possession on your three bar and score it and almost destroy the table with recoil. And I'm exaggerating just for the sake of no, humor. It was, yeah. it was pretty violent. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, there was a lot. It was, you know, Ryan wasn't exactly like an angel when he was a little yeah. kid. You know, if you if if you remember Ryan twerp. oh yeah. And he was still bigger than me at that time. He was still yeah. like, you know, six foot four or whatever. Um but no, he he was 
he had it coming to him yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you, you know, yeah. but he was good. He was good. And he was, but it's good that, I mean, that's to be honest, I miss that. I mean, look at Tommy Atkinson when he was young. Yeah. Like, look at, he was, he was mean, right? He was just mean, but you know what? That to me is gamesmanship and it's, yeah. it's fun and it's, it's part of the game, you know, like I, I don't like regret it, but I, I've, You'd kind of like they, to see that come back. To I would love degree. it. I would love it because it would make it would make it more interesting. Yeah. It, and and I my my blood doesn't really get blowing at, like boiling anymore. Like my there's no, there's no adrenaline for me, and I kind of miss that. Yeah. You know, I used to play, and you get and you get shaky. You mm-hmm. know, because you have so much adrenaline, you're trying so hard. Yeah. I haven't had that in ten years. <laughs> so how do we as 15. a foosball community? How do we encourage that in a healthy way to where, cause you don't want a bunch of jerks just running around treating people like trash, but you can be excited and, and loud and have, have a lot of energy in a, in a good way. That's like productive as a, as a competitor is productive for the spectator. Like, and I know this is just off. I'm asking this off the top of my head. So your answer is coming off the top of yours. How do we, how do we bring that back into foosball? Um, I think there's a couple things. I don't well, I don't know about how to make the players, you know, do it, but I, I would like to see more crowd interaction. Um, Not just around table one either, by, by the way, probably like any table. Right, right, right. I'd just like to see um, I'd like to see more just but but table one, make make the main events, make the main events special. You know, right right now there is like, you know, there's pit matches going on two tables, one, two, three, four you know, showcase the top players, you know, and ma- make it a big deal. You know, I, I always, I don't know, like you have your hometown guys. No, nobody like roots for their hometown people like it was in the, even in like the 90s. I, or 2001 when I was a kid, when I at the rookie tournament, mm-hmm. I played rookie singles or semi, I was rookie or semi-pro singles and it was my first Worlds. And I show up and there was, I had to play someone from Oklahoma and there was like a sea oh, of, yeah. a sea of like, uh, I don't even know the color that the, the OU, the red, oh, the dark, like that maroon. maroon. Yeah. Everybody had maroon oh, yeah. Oklahoma shirts on. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I'm just, I'm 16. Yeah. And all these Oklahoma boys are like <laughs> screaming at me every time. I'm like, you know, but it was, it was cool. Like, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it made me fight and made me try harder. It's like it was, that with the Costa Ricans now. Yeah. Anytime a C- Costa Ricans are in a match, it's, it's hard to not watch. Right. You, you, you will cheer for someone. You're going to cheer for them because they're so excited right. and you want them. Or you know somebody that's that's the, that's suffering all the noise and you're going to cheer for your people playing against them. Right. It, you're very rarely going to see Costa Ricans in a serious match and just twiddle your thumbs. Right. And that's my point is re- regardless, if someone's cheering, you're going to pick a side. There's, yeah. a, there's a good guy. There's a bad guy. There's, you know, yeah. you could do it from state to state. You could do it country to country, wh- whatever it may be. Yeah. Like, but, but that, you know, if you notice all of their matches have big crowds around them. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. You yeah. know, that's, you know, the, the best match, I think about a couple of years ago at the, at the Vegas tournament, the best match of the weekend was like the pro doubles final. Cause it was rowdy. It was, it was like the last match of the weekend yes. and everybody like was four in the morning and it was yeah. the craziest. And it was wild and yeah. everybody was screaming and that's what our sport needs. We yeah. need, we need, we that need was spectac- Brandon and Kevin versus Paul Rankin and oh, what was this? And his teammate. Oh, I can't remember. I don't. That's it. That was the, that's the final. You're it was four about in the morning that. in Vegas. You expect yeah, me to remember true. that? Come no, on. Man. I don't. I don't expect me to remember yesterday. So. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly how to do it, but definitely we need uh, more crowd participation. And 
Um, you know, in foosball over the years, have, we've lost characters. You know, think about like Johnny Horton. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have somebody like that anymore. Tommy's kind of, Tommy's, Tommy's always been a character. Yeah. Um, but he, he's the wise old man version of himself at this right. point. He's not, he's not Tom, like the same Tommy. He's yeah. nice now. He's a nice guy. He and, really is. And even when he's kind of a shit, you still love him. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not. Well, now it's, in, it's, 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 it's hard to feel attacked by anything that he's doing. Cause you know, he's just a good dude. Right. Exactly. And he's again, my all time favorite player. No doubt about it. He was, he was my biggest inspiration growing up that's high praise yeah it just well it's not just his game but his his attitude his fire um his aggressiveness mm-hmm. it was my two top players when i was a kid was uh, tommy and then if you remember don swan mm-hmm. because he was unorthodox he'd do far wall <laughs> double tick pull he'd kicks two hats four he went four <laughs> hats forward backwards but yeah look look at his game though now if, if, if i say that to you Tommy Atkinson and Don Swan. And now look at my game, mm-hmm. how, how it's. Makes sense. So Swan would do like a far wall, a far wall pass, double tick pull kicks, five bar shots. And then like the aggressiveness of Tommy, you know, like I'm, I'm yeah. somewhere in between there. So if you, if you think about it, those are my two like influences on the big scene. Of course, I had my local, my local guys, you know, yeah. like Emilio Gilmore and Ron Greenwald. Of and course. Um, Dana Marr helped me defensively. So I, I had those guys, but as far as like, as a fan, as a fan, those are my two biggest. So we're rolling. I know I told you about 30 minutes each. We're already at 30 minutes, so I don't know how you're, how uh, you're I've feeling. Got, I've got time if you just want to hang. Yeah, got, that's cool with me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tommy told me a story at Bardo. Um, when, you were, um, when you were young, you were playing a match, and I don't remember who it was. I want to say it might have been Todd. And, and Tommy, I'm wondering if this is ringing a bell at all for you yet. Where you were, when I say you were young, I mean you were, you were like a teenager. And, and you played Todd, you had, it was a match ball, something like that. And Tommy told me he's watching the match and you, the bar, the ball got jarred off your rod and you lost the match and Todd didn't give you the ball or anything like that. Yeah. And then y'all had an interaction you and Tommy did after that match. Yeah. So this was the 1998 nationals in Canton, Ohio. Um, it was second round in open singles. I was 12, I think. Oh God, I didn't realize you were that young. Yeah, I was 12, maybe, maybe 13 at that time. Oh shit. And I had, <laughs> I had Todd down two games to nothing. Had him down 2-0 and I, I was just, you know, he didn't, I was passing far wall, same, same mm-hmm. identical game, just a little bit slower. Um, and I was, I was drilling him. Like I was playing really, really well. And once I went up two games to nothing, he went to go get a ref. And he says, I, I need to slow you down, is what he said. Mm-hmm. So not that I was doing anything wrong, but it took like, I don't know, 45 minutes to get a, a ref to the table. The whole match just came to a screeching Correct. halt. I went up 2-0. He disappeared, got a ref, like 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes, whatever. And he slowly crept back into the match. Now, I actually don't remember the jar, to be honest. Um, I don't know if I even remember like... What it, if I even knew what a jar was back yeah, then? I was 12. Right, like, right. honestly, I'm just playing and I'm playing against Todd and I'm like unconscious basically. And ends up going, I believe it was five to three in the fifth. Five to three in the fifth. And Todd ended up beating me. Um, but I made him take his jacket off, which was pretty cool. <laughs> that was the cool part. And uh, that's still a thing to this day, by the way. Yeah, I made him take his jacket off, which was a big deal. And then here's the funny part of the story. So I don't remember about the interaction, but 
after that match I lost, I had to play my dad. I had to play Bud mm-hmm. in the loser's bracket of open singles, and he knocked me out. Well, and I was so mad. I said, and Bud, till this day, he messed with me. Like, yeah, I was, you had a rough draw, man. You had to play Todd, and you had to play me. I'm like, yeah, fuck <laughs> yourself. Um, so, yeah, he, my dad knocked me out of the tournament. But the best part of it was after the match, I did have that interaction with Tommy. And I, I actually asked Don Swan to play a pickup game with me, and he told me no. And Tommy, I asked Tommy after that, and he played – pickup games with me for 45 minutes to you know 30 40 minutes of just yeah you know non-stop pickup games and it and i remember it till this day like he gave me the time of day yeah which was a big deal to me and right. that's why I, you know i try and do the same thing i try and pay it forward because it it is a big deal especially to the younger players so yeah. um i've seen you do that myself I, i've seen you walk through a room at colorado state and see somebody a beginner just doing trying to do something on a table and you just stop and take a detour and go, Hey, you mind if I show you something or whatever? And then you sit there and shoot the shit with him for 20, 30 minutes or whatever. Yeah. We kind of got to remember we're all like, we all start somewhere. Yeah. Right. And this goes back to, this goes back to how it's a big sociological experiment for me. Mm -hmm. Right. I watch, I like to watch the people and you could be, you could be a little kid or a beginner or whatever. And you could be, you know, trying to learn, you could be, be getting really good, but if you're a dick, like, I don't want to help you. Right. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm watching, like, I always pay attention. I watch how other people treat other people. And I understand like competition sometimes brings out the worst in people. Yeah. And it did me as well, but uh, you could also recognize like genuine souls, you know, like genuine yeah. people. And, and I don't know, I, it's my little way of like saying thanks yeah. and, and just, you know, pay, like kind Give of paying, paying forward, paying it forward. So who, who do you think? And so we've already talked about Tommy just off the top of your head. Who are some who are some top players in the game who are who exhibit this kind of behavior that you're talking about that just kind of goes unnoticed? Like who, who can we just brag on in the moment about being good? Like Terry Rue comes to mind for me, obviously. Who, who else? comes? Terry's to mind? too nice. It makes me sick. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm, I'm just sick of Terry at this point. Yeah, screw you, Terry. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it can't yeah. even be real. I think yeah. it's an act. Oh, Terry, so fake. Dude. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> we'll scratch, scratch Terry off the list. Yeah, if he wins the Sportsman of the Year this year, I'm going to be pissed. Listen, I have. We're taking a, a detour real quick. I have an idea, and this I've had. I've said this for probably five years now, and I think I think that the Sportsman of the Year award should be renamed the Terry Rue Award. Yeah, and he's not allowed he's to not win. Allowed it. to win. Yes, it. I agree. And so you you permanently honor him. And by the way, who makes that decision? Who can we talk to about that? I don't know. I don't have any pull around here. Uh, but who's in charge? Is that Mary? Is it we go? I, do we I just? Guess, yeah. All right. So anybody listening to this, tell Mary that this is a good idea. Yeah. Rename the award the Terry Rue Sportsman of the Year Award, and he's no longer allowed to win it. He's not eligible, and then he's permanently honored because that's what he's not. That's he's a good player. He's a world champion. He's you know he's in a family of champions. It's everybody knows how good he is on the table. Right. And if you only watch videos, you probably don't know how amazing he is as a person away from the yeah. table because it, that doesn't, that stuff doesn't come through. Yeah, He'll make you feel bad about yourself. Cause he's just like, he's just so good. He's, he's a perfect dude. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it's like, here's a, here's a funny story. So there's an, at the nationals, you know, he's from Louisiana, you know, you think mm-hmm. about that. There's he's Cajun, man. He's mm-hmm. got some fire in him. Of course. There was uh, one guy who was rubbing him wrong, rub, like rubbing him the wrong way mm-hmm. in a match. And I'm not going to name names. But I wish I knew who it was so uh, I could name names. Maybe I'll tell you later. But it was it was awesome. So this guy was just kind of being a douche, and Terry obviously didn't take too well to it. You know, it Mm -hmm. it didn't. 
Um, and he went around the table. Terry went around the table and like was going to smash the guy. I do know who this is. And uh, <laughs> no, and I don't know if you do. I don't know if you okay, do. Know. This is probably not, not the, the other one. Okay. Terry went around the table and, and was going to like smash this guy. Or he'd, he'd, I can't even remember exactly. Okay. But he was like going to punch the guy. And I was so excited <laughs> because I was, I was thinking he's not going to win sportsman of the year this year. Like I'm, you know, maybe I'll get it or any, somebody else. And, uh, I'm like, so after it happened, he, like he had, he had a, a little fit and I'm like, yeah, dude, you're done. Yeah, you're you done. Should. And I was cracking up. I'm like, there's no way you're going to fucking win it this year. Like you're, you're chancing. And, uh, he still won it. Yeah. He still won of it. Course. It didn't matter. So he's just too nice of a guy. So. I think it's, I think it's the, the only way that he doesn't win it is if he's, if he's literally, restricted from being eligible yeah. to, to win it. So I don't know. I, I may just, I may just like really push that movement yeah. of change the name. I think to the Terry, I, I think people are just sick, sick of it. Cause it's yeah. gotten that it's gotten to that Flappable. point. Yeah. Yeah. So who, who else do you find eligible that, you know, aside from Terry, cause he's the first name that comes well, up. Well, he sets, he set the bar so high. So now it's like, they gave me the, uh, you know, the ballot slip or whatever. And I just threw it away. Cause I didn't know who else to vote for. Yeah. Like, so I just didn't, <laughs> but I mean, there's gotta be other people. Like you, when you look at him, you say, that's, that's a guy. Yeah, like, I don't know. What's the criteria. Do they have to be masters? Do they have to be, cause there's, there's a lot of good people out there. So I guess just off the top of my head, uh, I would say some, some important, um, bullet points that you want them to hit is a, they need to be a top player. I think, I don't know about necessarily like world champion or anything like that, but it needs to be someone who you recognize as a top player. Cause I think that's, I think that is that's at the top of the list of things that are important to uh, us. Women, uh, on the women's end, uh, Miriam Ali uh-huh. is like like as sweet as they come. Like, she wins be, it on the women's yeah, side. Yeah, there's like not a, there's not a like bad bone in her body. She's just really sweet. So um, on the men's side, I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly don't know. You know, and I don't want it to be fake either. Yeah. I want the, I want them, I want them to be real people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't want them to be like oh you know everything like oh you know who's you know would be a good one who's always a good sport always a good sport and he tries his ass off and works really hard like and he'll he'll be super intense but always a good sport sparky james castillo absolutely always always so that that you're gonna get a hug from that dude whether you win or lose right and i don't like it when he beats me and hugs me i told him <laughs> get the hell away from me like, yeah. i don't you just whoop my ass like, i don't seen that, i yeah i'm like dude go away i'm not ready for this yet we can talk <laughs> later but i don't like that shit if, you know but yeah. but but it he's consistent like right. even if i beat him what does he go? Master, master. Yeah. He'll come over and he'll say, you know, like he's a legit, legit dude. Yeah. And, and, and Serge, Serge is too. Yeah. You know, Serge Aragonis is like, you know, an awesome, awesome guy always. And, but that's what I like is they're not afraid to be like intense mm-hmm. and fiery because that's what we're here for. Like of if course. you get like butthurt about that, then yeah. you shouldn't be playing foosball. Right. You know, yeah, you can have both. You can have, I want to win. I'm angry when I lose. I, I want to be the champion. Right. You can have all that. Right. And also, I care about people. I care right. about food. And it's hard sometimes. In the moment, it's hard to do that. Um, so that's and and I've gotten a lot better at it than I used to. Like I used to be, I used to be a really sore loser. Yeah. But does it come with age, or does it come with somebody whispering in your, in your ear, like, "Hey, dude, you're the champ, man." Be I better. think it's age. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's age, and then also, um, like I, I've achieved my goals in foosball, mm-hmm. so I care less. I care a little bit less about it. So, you know, if I lose, it's like, okay, well, I, I lost the tournament. You know, I'm 
I'm still me. I yeah. still, I've still gotten to where I wanted to, you know, I, I can lose every tournament for forever and I've still, you know, got an awesome, you know, foosball career under my belt, you know, yeah. like, and I talk about this with, uh, I think about like Todd Lafredo. Yeah. And, and, and I've gotten to this point now too, where we, we don't, it, it makes us more dangerous for the simple fact that we, we don't really put so much emphasis on winning or losing. It's more yeah. about, uh, the gameplay <clears throat> and like how many times have you seen match ball four, four Todd, just roll it over and just smash a bank, <laughs> a bank shot. Right. Like he does honestly does not give a yeah. shit. Yeah. He does not care. And, and that's, when you say that's, not care, this means there's no, there's no fear. Cause there's no, exactly. No, no fear of winning and losing. Yeah. And, and he, he says, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. And that's, that's dangerous to play against yeah. when, you know, like you want your partner to, you want that gag factor. Yeah. You want someone to get hesitant. You want them to, to second guess themselves. Todd's good. Todd's not going to second guess. Yeah. He's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to do a rolling pull. He's going to do a rolling bank. He's going to do something on the fly or he may sit on it, he, you know, whatever he's working at the time. So that to me, and, and I've gotten to that point now where it's like, it's four, four. I could shoot an aerial. I've done it. Yeah, I know. I've seen you do it against T-Mac. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a couple years ago yeah. in singles. Yeah. And that was, it was a, it was a two out of three match. I was in the loser's bracket and it was the third game and it was a, a big point. Yeah. You know, but and it was just on the fly. Yeah. It just I was ho I was actually calling. I told Mark in that match against Mason. I was like, he's going to shoot an aerial. I feel it. Like there, yeah. you were flowing with it and everything like that. Is it that. still legal? It's still legal. Yeah, it is still a, a legit play. Really? And, and on the IFP right. uh, events, it's yeah. it's still it's, so. This is an ITSF sanctioned. It's not ITSF and 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 that rule and and I. I will verify before your next match if that's what it takes for us <laughs> to see an aerial in in a match. Um, I, I think I, I think there's few people who I want to see do that, but I've seen you do it, and it's on the fly, and it's 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 the way it should be done. And I will verify to make sure that it's still legal. But a, as far as I know, at a regular IFP event that's not sanctioned by the ITSF, the the IFP rules uh, trump everything, and that the aerial is legal. So I would love right. to see that. Yeah, well, and, no and, promises, but if you know, if the time is right, yeah. the situation's right. Cool. So. I know they. Uh, there's a couple matches ahead of your next match, and one of them is probably already over. And I know you still need to have lunch. Yeah, so if let's wrap it up. I don't want to be the reason that you're not eating and you're late for that or anything else. Nah, but nah, if I'll you're down it. to talk another time this weekend, yeah. cool. And if not, uh, I just yeah. I appreciate your time, yeah. man. All good. You're you're a stud and uh, fun to talk to, and uh, just appreciate your time, man. Awesome. Thanks Thank for you, having dude. me, bud. Yes, Alrighty. Sir.